0: Direct from both Eternia and Etheria, from deep within the confines of Castle Grayskull, it's time to join in the battle for the power of goodness with Chris Vint and the Masters of the Universe Chronicles.
1: Hello folks and welcome back to another packed edition of the Master Universe Chronicles Uh, some old faces, some new faces Uh, you'll find out why in a couple of minutes Um, just wanted to say uh, thanks to everyone who um, sent in stuff to do with the San Diego uh, Comic Con Um, obviously there was uh, a lot of people saying that their their favourite figures were and stuff on Pop Culture Network um, which was great to see so uh, thanks for the feedback on the episode now um, this is a first for Master Universe Chronicles well actually second uh first uh, prize i had to give away was uh GMC talks um the unofficial cartoon guide the human and master universe um which of course went down very well mm-hmm. so i actually have a brand new competition uh now master universe chronicles is teamed up with the retro t-shirt specialist at truffleshuffle.com that's truffle shuffle as in you know chunk from the Goonies uh, to celebrate the launch of their exclusive and official range of He-Man and the Master of the Universe t-shirts we have two of their favourite designs to give away um, so there's actually a link that you can go to um, it's going to be posted in the iTunes feed, Podbean feed and also on Pop Culture Network so don't worry um, if you can't get to it I will read this out um, it's www truffle shuffle, that's t-r-u-f-f-l-e shuffle, s-h-u-f-f-l-e dot co dot uk forward slash store forward slash he-man, so that's h-e dash man dash matchers dash of dash the dash universe dash c dash five four dot html. Now, the t-shirt that you're actually going to get um, is the one that has He-Man, Man at Arms, Teela, and Orko, um, pictured. Now these actually go up to extra, extra large size. So, what I need you to do is to send me an email at vinto man at popculturenetwork dot com or vento three one six at gmail dot com. Again, this will all be in the synopsis. Don't worry. Um, I need to know your address. I need to know your t shirt size as well. Um, and there's this question that I need you to answer, which is, obviously, you will hear later on that in the filmation uh, series season one volume two, we talk about certain episodes, and one of the ones I choose is about a certain character that has three faces called Manic Faces and all I'm asking you is what are his three faces? Simple as that, or is it? Uh, you may need GMC Talks' unofficial cartoon guide to He-Man Master of Universe to find this out. You may need to pop in a DVD of either that or the Mike Young production show. Uh, so send me that there. Now, the competition will run for a month Um, so that does mean that whenever this episode goes out let me just double check when that will be folks Um, so this episode will go out on the 14th of August you will then have until the 11th of August I'm giving you 11th of September sorry we can't work backwards 11th of September um, for you to get your entries in The entries will then be uh, randomly chosen um and then the winners will be announced on the next show uh whatever that will be there's a couple of ideas i've had just need to round up a few people um speaking of people um this show is dedicated to uh rob and crystal base and their new rival rebecca um uh, it was actually on um sunday um if i'm just terrible with dates i beg your pardon I think it was Sunday the 31st of August I'm going to say that uh, little Rebecca came into the world um, so congratulations to Rob and Crystal um, two fantastic people Rob is always welcome Mass Mass Universe Chronicles so um, congratulations to them and uh, the only best thing I can do is dedicate an episode to the bases so we have all the bases covered so to speak so what's coming up in this um, show I hear you ask well I don't actually because there's nobody here beside me so um, we're actually going to have season 1 volume 2 discussion uh, with myself uh, Dylan Cook Mike Lacey and Ryan Porter. Uh, but before that we actually have some fan contributors. Uh, we have Netlix back, good ol' Netlix, and he's discussing Mossman, uh, this time. Uh, we also have Mike Lacey and myself doing a Q&A with M&C. And uh, we may have a little surprise one in here for you as well. I'm not going to divulge what that is, but you can uh, have a listen to see if anything pops up as well. We actually have some wee ad breaks as well. So anything you want to see in Master Universe Chronicles, let me know. Roger Lay Jr. um, will be coming back on the show. I'm just trying to tie down the time. It will probably be the end of August. If you have any questions for Roger Lay Jr., Jr., um about his upcoming documentary Toy Masters um how he conquered the world um I think it's the subtitle um, if you have any questions about that if you've seen the trailer on YouTube or if you've heard it in the last Chronicles podcast make sure you send me an, e- an email at vintoman at com. that's v v i n t o man at Uh make sure whenever you send me an email if it's a competition entry if it's a question for Roger Leigh Jr please put that in the um the subject heading don't please put hello i will think it's spam i will not open it so if it's a competition entry or if it's a question unfortunately i'll just get thrown to the side so make sure you say what you want on the subject heading um so right we'll kick things off then enough of my rambling but uh, make sure you enter the competition um, make sure to send in any questions you have for Roger Lee Jr. Make sure as well, if there's anything you want to see on Master Universe Chronicles, head over to popculturenetwork.com, Master Universe Chronicles home, and post in there. And thanks as always for listening, and hope you enjoy the show, and look forward to hearing your feedback as well on the episode. Okay, well, enough of my rambling. Let's hear somebody else ramble. Well, they don't ramble, they actually talk sense. Hello there folks, this is a brand new segment uh, Normally you would have heard me do a segment with GMZ Talk The part and the Honour Facts of the Month But instead uh, we have a new segment which is called Q&A with M and C I'm the C, that's Chris And who's the M? I'm Mike Mike, oh, what you C? Mike Lacey. Hello Mike. I should stop waving at the monitor. It's just a natural reflex when I'm saying hello.
2: I can't see you.
1: Okay, it's like John said, <laughs> they can't see me, as a rock would say, but um, basically what we're going to do here is just basically um, go over some of the Q&A's um, that Toy Guru will answer, whether it be from He-Man.org, Pop Culture Network, Mass Universe Classics um, on Facebook, uh, that kind of thing. So, um, there wasn't really any um, this time because of San Diego Comic Con, but however there was um, a thing to do with the club attorney, subscription and all that kind of stuff, so I'm just going to read out exactly what uh, was posted on the likes of Facebook and um He-Man.org and then Mike and I'll get into the nitty gritty of it so uh, first of all with the 2012 Club Attorney sale in full swing and our SDCC reveals past us I wanted to take a quick minute to clear up some questions and comments from the boards. Number one first off yes we are no longer going to be doing a second round of figures this will start with Cream Marlena and move into Manny Faces and other Fall figures we still have some older figures already slotted for line time what and a second run that will be offered <laughs> monthly-ish in 2012 uh, but starting with the June, July, August figures there will be no longer be second runs of new figures at least for now, anything could potentially change down the road so if you want more Lena, now is the time to buy additionally in 2012 we will be reducing our production of all figures above and beyond the subs We will still have product on sale day for those who do not have a sub but in general there will be a bit less. Your first, best and most reliable way of getting the figures you want is to sign up for the sub and the only way to get Shadow Weaver, our first formation character. This will be the case for all subscriptions not just Master Universe Classics. Um, Our Maddiepalooza Fan Panel is available on YouTube, just search Maddiepalooza2011 or you can go on to popculturenetwork.com and pixel posted it as well. Thanks to a great few fan sites. Uh, we still have the slides posted in a week or so, but you can watch the whole panel on the Q&A anytime online. All the figures revealed at San Diego Comic Con are final sculpts. By the time you're seeing them, we're just past the point of making any actual sculpt changes. Uh, Keep those creative character contest entries coming, Um, he doesn't say this but for all you US fans of course. Um, (laughs) A ton of them have been coming in from all ages, Uh, the crayon entries from children are especially heartwarming but wow, some of you have sent in some great photos or custom figures while others have amazing concepts for toys regardless of their artistic level which is all that really counts in this contest, artistic skill is not a factor. All of the brand managers will do their best to check on the boards this week. Hopefully this will answer most of the questions out there. And I just can't wait to see how great 2012 will be. And there's a couple of other points that Mike and I will talk about uh, first of all. But uh, the first point, Mike, uh, no real reissues of figures after Marlena and Many Faces. Uh, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Well, I'm assuming that that was the whole point of the All-Star sale, was to start cleaning out whatever they... Still had hanging around because I think they were disappointed in the in the um, in the results of their reissues because they were hanging around for you know a couple of days for a week you know God, God forbid it hangs around for a week that's a it's a disappointing sale yeah. that doesn't sell out in a week. Um, a lot of people, you know, me myself, I didn't actually find out about the uh, the new figures until about six figures in, so I had to wait. You know, a lot of times I had to wait for, uh, for reissues to, to get some figures. You know, I, I feel bad for some people that, that either, you, you know, they, they don't have a subscription and they missed a figure that sold out real fast, and they're waiting on reissues to plug the holes in their collection, and now you're saying that they're, they're, they're not going to reissue any more figures, especially the, the new figures. I know they're saying that they're going to reissue older figures, like I believe this month they're reissuing a the Beastman and Geigor but you can't, oh, right. you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's just typical of my luck, isn't it? <laughs> just
2: found out about that today. Um, but, you know, if you have if you have other figures, you know, if you need a Hordak or if you need an Evil Lynn, you better get it during this All-Star sale or else you're, you're not going to get one.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as well, um, with some of the newer figures that are coming out, um, a lot of people may think that that don't have a subscription will think you know especially in the top heavy months say like November like Bubble Power I think I'll wait for a while and get her you know but there does seem to be as you said Mike there does seem to be a lot of um, figures that seem to be hanging around for a while especially I think it was the Attorney and Guards that seemed to last the longest wasn't that right
2: yeah I I th- I think that they expected that people were going to buy you know like army build with it and, and buy three four and five packs not everybody can buy four like me. Um. <laughs> Didn't. <laughs> but uh, I I don't think that, uh, that that people did that. Now if they had brought out horde troopers instead oh, of yeah. Swords, yeah. I think that there might have been a different. It might have been a different story there. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that might have been the, the the first one where they hung around for a week or ten days, or whatever it was, and they're like, oh, well, I think maybe we need to reel them in a little bit. Reel yeah. in the production numbers and, and, and kind of really start focusing in on on reissues and things like that.
1: Um obviously with there is like a couple of big figures you know like Manny faces obviously Marley and then we do have the likes of say um you know Swiftwind uh we do have the likes of say uh, Man, which some people like some people don't like uh and then obviously next year we'll have like the Sorcerer, so it's going to be odd not to see them on in second print runs whether whether it's a case of I th- I think it's maybe something that they should do like a like they're doing with the WWE figures they're doing like a vote so what they should maybe do is like once or twice a year of pe- um, members of He-Man.org or wherever or Maddie's uh, forum themselves um should actually vote for what figures they want to see redone and if there's a demand for that you know whether they have to go into people um, pre-ordering them um, for them to get the sales and then crank out the things—that's the only way I could see around it. But I think it—I think it is a wise choice. I think a lot of people though don't want to sign up for the sub because they're just scared of how much you know they have to shell out, and even at that point, they actually added it up wrong. It was James Sawyer, um, guy who's been on the podcast a couple of times. Does does. Co- Chronicles Comics Corner of my mouth will work. Um, it actually they added it up at four hundred seventy dollars, but in actual reality it was actually five hundred and thirty dollars.
2: So, yeah, they forgot to put the uh, they forgot to put the the quarterly variants in, I believe, and I think they had listed um, I think they had listed Megator at twenty dollars instead of forty dollars.
1: Does nobody proofread things? Like I know <laughs> that if I was sending stuff over you know like or putting stuff on a website or putting stuff on Facebook I will read it before I put it up to make sure that it's not like I are Chris Vint and I are He-Man fan of the world and then I'll be like (laughs) posting it so I will read it so if you are paying people in marketing to do this and they're not even bothered to do that that that's just ridiculous
2: well, you you would think they would have people checking for reverse shoulders, too, but that doesn't happen either.
1: <laughs> yeah, over their <laughs> reverse shoulders, you mean? <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, obviously, um, as you've heard, you know, Mike's signed up for uh, quite a few subscriptions. I've signed up for one. I've had troubles in the past, so I hope that they kind of iron out um, this time. Um I also need point to uh Mike, the Maripulza farm panel uh is it something you've already watched uh it's a bit of a bit of a mute point there number two
2: yeah i watched it i i, I the the audio is a little hard to listen to because everybody's freaking out when uh <laughs> when the reveals come up yeah but uh yeah i, I wish it could have been there uh, you know yeah. <laughs> may maybe sometime if I hit the lottery or something like that I can fly out to san diego and, <laughs> and go to comic con
1: That'd be nice, that'd be nice. Uh number three, uh of course all the figures reveal that San Diego Comic Con are final sculpts. Um, is there any figure that you kinda of thought they may have tweaked? I know a lot of people were saying about Shadow Weaver being a, maybe a bit more red.
2: Uh, the the one thing that I've seen a lot of people posting on the boards w- had to do with with Wind and whether or not the the wings were going to be removable. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen an actual answer for that. I I it, I they don't are. think they are. are they?
1: Yes. If you watch, um, Pixel Dan does a, a walk through with uh, Scott Knightlick, uh, Toy Guru, and Toy Guru actually can- does take the wings off. Now, obviously, they have like a little hole hole in where the wings go in so they do actually come off
2: oh ok other than, other than that I, I, I don't think that there's too much of a problem with anything that I saw
1: no no I think like the, like the Wind Raiders nice bite. obviously Thunder Punch He-Man didn't have his backpack but you know obviously um, near the time we'll, we'll get to see that um, the create a character contest thing uh, have you entered it yourself Mike or are you getting your any of your kids to enter or anything
2: I have not. I, pro- I probably should, because um, actually, my uh, my my daughter is really into coloring and drawing, and spends a lot of her free time doing that. I should have her, I should have her draw something up, put my name on it. I'll get twenty four figures. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, just get well done, sweetie. You get this figure, and you also get a hug for daddy. See, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, the last thing we wanted to touch on, Mike, was to do with the subscriptions. Just if you want to tell the folks a little bit about that.
2: Um, it looks like they're going to be extending the subscription sale until 8-14. They're basically saying it's because of the DCUC subscription, the Infinite Earths uh, subscription. Apparently they need to reach a certain number in order to actually make this happen. Um, so then they're they're extending it to all the other brands, um, the Club Lion Force, the Ecto-1, the Club Eternia. Um, my question is, do we... Is it really in order to make that happen, or is this basically really just to uh, to, to push the subscriptions out uh, and and get more? out of it? You know, we kind of touched about this, uh, touched on this during the uh, San Diego reveals uh, episode. That the purpose of making Shadow Weaver the exclusive was to force more people into buying subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, you know, we, we touched a little bit earlier on one of the uh, one of the topics. One of the notes that Twig River posted was that they're going to be reducing the production run of all figures above and beyond the subscriptions. So if you don't get a subscription, you know, you're probably looking at an hour sellout again. You know, we're back to 2009, where if you weren't on at 12 noon in, you know, in the U.S. where I'm at.
1: 5 p.m. W- over here.
2: <laughs> you weren't getting you weren't getting a figure. I mean, uh, over here, you know, it's, you're talking about taking a day off of work, mm-hmm. or you know, really having to centralize your day around being at the computer and staring at the white screen of death, and <laughs> and, and, and 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 hoping and praying that you're going to get your figure. So, in you know, is is that kind of what it is? You know, saying you know. Um, we're going to you know we're going to reduce the the number of figures we're going to make above and above above and beyond the subscription you better get a subscription and if you hadn't made up your mind yet you know what we're going to throw you a bone and we're going to extend it another week and you know try and pile as many in there as they can um does this also mean the uh the return of, of scalpers prices on on ebay you know a lot of the prices have been coming down you can get figures for you know for cost or sometimes i've seen actually at below cost on figures uh, on ebay and it seemed like the scalper market really has kind of dried up is are we going to see the return of that if you're going to be, if you're going to announce that you're reducing the production levels are we going to reduce the maximum uh the maximum figure count is it still going to be 10 you know that that's you know that's another point that had been you know you know, beaten like a dead horse on on the Matty forums is everybody wanted the you know bring it down. You know, so that people can't buy ten, can't buy ten, can't buy ten, yeah. and then you know they have to go to eBay and pay twice as much. You're you're announcing that you're going to be reducing the production runs. Are you feeding into that?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's a case of well, last year if memory serves the the subscriptions were due to close and they did extend it as well so it seems to be year on year they say here's your subscription time he- you have until this day and then they went actually we'll we'll sign this we'll extend it so whether it's a case of they haven't got them mo- as you said the amount of subscriptions that they want and they're thinking we'll extend this a bit a bit longer um i think it as well it's something that you should do maybe towards the end of the year, you know, like if people don't want to shell out their money now, whether people at the end of the year sign up for it, you know, why just have it at a certain time in the middle of the year? Fair enough, you've had the reveals, but then there's a lot of times that you'll think, what's in January again? What's in March? What's here? You know, because <laughs> I, I know what figures are coming out this month, but for the, some reason, I'm kind of at a mental block as to what's coming out next month, because... I'm focusing on the figures for near enough next year uh oh no next month's Hurricane Hordak and Leech actually forget that um but i i understand what you mean about especially with the scalper prices you know is it a case of production goes down so then the cost for the scalpers goes up because they're acquiring a product that everyone else wants to get and then they're going to sell it at a high price and you know like uh, scalpers may already be thinking right shadow weaver 10 subscriptions for me uh that's twenty dollars for that figure if i sell it for treble that and then put that on ebay then that's going to cover half you know like that's going to cover a good couple of months of my subscription for me to then sell that on and that kind of thing but um i think obviously shadow weaver is going to be the one that you see the biggest price on uh like you did with one oh
2: yeah absolutely that's that's the one that everybody's been clamoring for for well since the start since the start of the line so and there's no max on, on the subscriptions so a lot of these online retailers you know they're they're probably you know buying you know 20 30 subs specifically looking at that figure and and salivating going oh man we're you know we're gonna pay for our whole subscription on this just one on just this one figure
1: yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, but like this year's subscription, I know a couple of people who have signed up, and they got to the pre-Attorney of Disguise he and they got the sub-figure, and then they canceled their subscription.
2: Yeah, I know they did make that easier. I know the, the, the previous year, you, you really couldn't back out of it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Basically, I guess, in, in, unless you had your card changed or, or something somewhere that they couldn't charge you for it. But um, I I know it's easier to back out this time. It it probably will be interesting to see how many people do that, you know, get the Shadow Weaver figure and then say, "Oh, I'm done."
1: Mm Mhm. Yeah. Um. But no, I I am in it for the long haul. You know, like fair enough. The only one of the gripes that I have with Mattel is the shipping. Um, like I sent a um. The first run, He-Man, uh, mint on card, boxed, bubble wrap all around it, a couple of little extras for Mike and posted it. Came to about $10, give or take a few pennies, and they said that it will be with Mike within about um, five to seven days. Now, I pay $10 for Maddie, um and I have to wait a month for my figures.
2: Well, I pay 8 70 for just one figure, and it's coming from within my country so I mean it it obviously doesn't cost that much to to ship the item
1: no and obviously people say you know like why don't you go for the faster shipping yeah I looked at how much that would have cost for a $25 Queen Marlena it would have actually cost $45 to send that UPS or USPS whatever it is I would have got it fair enough in a couple of days but why is there no middle option why can't we get it instead of getting it's from the sublime to the ridiculous as for three to five days to the of a month why no in between why no you know like um, uh, airmail international packet why not even send it from China or somewhere like that or Germany for the European fans that's one thing that gripes me but um, it's, it's just a case of if they were to do that on the subscription and make it more beneficial. International fans seem to be getting a bit of a raw deal in my opinion whenever it comes to Maddie. This is just my opinion. We can't enter the competition. We have to wait longer for figures, you know, not everyone can afford to go to San Diego to get like the exclusives. So some of us have to pay inflated prices if we can't get on Maddie Collector or some of us have good friends like Wade Thurman offer me to get me a figure there and I know that Wade wouldn't have stuck his hand in. I would have given him more money for um, the hassle that he would have had to go for it, but it just goes to show that if you're in Europe, um, you need to have some really good friends in America, especially whenever it comes to the likes of say Gran which will just completely annihilate people with custom charges—an eighty-dollar figure. Whew. Now, how
2: how does how does the custom charges work? I mean, obviously, I, I don't have to I don't have to deal with that you know being here in the united states but i've never understood quite how 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 does that work
1: it's basically if it's anything over a certain value so if you send me guy gore if you say guy gore is a forty dollar figure oh i said four
2: hundred dollars
1: oh well then in that case i'm broke (laughs) and i'm gonna have to sell my house um but it depends on the value of a um like if it's over anything like say 18 pounds to say about 35 dollars there's a good chance we'll get custom charge on it. I know a lot of people on uh, like Facebook and that kind of thing have got custom charge to do with it and it's something that you have to be, if you're committed to the line and you look at what is coming out, then if you're getting say three figures in a package, there's a good chance you're going to get here's another 11 quid, another 20 odd dollar um, charge for that so that's why I would like it to be shipped internationally for the international fans, but something that we can look at. But before we round up, Mike, uh, obviously there's the Q and A thing. Is there any questions that you're going to be posting on like popculturenetworkhuman dot org um, to see if you could get answered by um, Toy Guru?
2: Um, there's there's been a lot. There's been a lot already posted through uh, through Comic Con. And through this Q and A, some of, some of these questions were ones that that I probably would have thought about with a uh, with the final sculpts and and all that kind of thing. So I'm probably going to wait a couple of weeks, see if anything else pops up, and then maybe some you know m- maybe something new will come into my head.
1: Yeah, I would like to see if there was going to be like uh, like a another you know the way they give like a battle cat fighter. Um, even if, if there's somebody uh, somewhere on, on subscription, if they can get like money off uh, the Wind Raider or something like that. Um, another thing I'll ask is about the 30th anniversary. Um, will we be getting a Skeletor screen of death rather than a <laughs> white screen of death? Because it just seems to make make more sense. But, uh, anything you want to go over, Mike, just before we round up?
2: Um, well, they, they did, um, they did. I don't know if it was an official announcement, but we've, uh, we've read that the, uh, the 630th anniversary figures um, could possibly be entered into the subscription for 2012. Now, I don't know how this is going to work, because I know last year they said that once the subscriptions were finalized and people had paid and, and whatnot, that they couldn't adjust them, that they couldn't add anything to them. Like last year, we had the palace guards get bumped, um, weapons packs. Things that yeah. were outside of the subscription. It looks like that this year they may be trying to put them into the subscription. Um, now, like they said that um, that the subscription was kind of like entering into a contract, and that once they announce to you how many figures you're going to get and a follow a follow uh, sorry a final dollar amount and whatnot, that they won't be able to change that. might that that might be one of my questions that I would uh, that I would post to, uh, to 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 toy guru is how can you do that this year without being able to do it in previous years, because you know, I, I don't care, I'm all in um, what, whatever they're going to produce, I'm going to buy but, I don't know, say they um, I'll be I'm going to go way out there and say they announce, oh by the way we're going to do Castle Skull, and it's going to be $350 nah. <laughs> we're putting it in your subscription Everybody's going to get it, but can you afford it? There will be some people that won't be able to afford it, you know, but you're automatically going to get billed for it. You know, can, you know, what's to stop them from just putting anything they want in there?
1: The only way that I could see if they were to do, say like Castle School, which would be sweet, again, custom charges for us in Europe would be astronomical, but the only way I could see if they were to do something of a high price point, like say over $150, $200, would be why not if you're in the Club attorney subscription, right, because they had talked about maybe... Um, you know, like you get, you could pay for like all the figures in one go, or you could pay it, you know, like as you do now, but logistically or some nonsense, it wasn't po- possible. Why don't they take another? T- if you're in like January and you get the Sorceress, why don't they take another twenty dollars? Whenever they get to February, they take another twenty dollars. So then, you know, like so, you've got like say over ten months. There's two hundred dollars, and then the items three hundred. Um, and then you just take another fifty in the last two months. So that way, your cost is spread over rather than it's a case of here's three hundred dollars just for one thing.
2: That that would be like kind of like a layaway, yeah, kind, mm-hmm. kind of kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good that's a good option. But I, I would think that maybe that there should be some kind of um, option to either opt out of the item, or you, there should be some kind of way that you can opt out of the items that aren't that were not originally in the subscription. You know, yeah. maybe some people don't want the fearless photog.
1: Yeah, <laughs> me. Although lots of people are saying on my Facebook page um about fearless photog, uh you know who you are and you will be dealt with in time. Carry on, Mike. <laughs>
2: But, you know, maybe people don't want... You know, there's uh, people out there that that don't like the original concept figures, so maybe you don't want Drago Man, or maybe you don't want Demo Man. You were told at the Mattypalooza panel that these items were not going to be included in the subscription, that they were going to be outside the subscription, and now, all of a sudden, you're being forced to buy them. Again, I don't think there's too many people... If you're buying a subscription, odds are you want all of the figures. But there may be a handful of people out there that, you know, decide, hey, you know what, I'd really rather not get this figure. Um, Those people will probably be the ones that are upset. I'm going to be fine with it because that means that I don't have to get on at the 15th of each month and stare at Maddie's face uh, (laughs) (laughs) for a half an hour to try and and get my figure. Um, But I I know this is kind of like – it's like a a double-edged sword where some people are going to be happy with it and some people aren't going to be happy with it
1: we shall wait and see what happens but uh, um, we will Pick this up next month uh, whenever we see um what q and a and you know what q and a things have come out uh, Mike and i'll um sit down and discuss that We'll probably just pick um a couple of questions um if Mike wants to pick like two and you know, I pick three and the week the time after that Mike will then pick three and I'll pick two and we'll work something like that but um just make sure you head over to like pop culture network forums or heman dot org and in the thread make sure you write your um questions for Mari but they'll be posting when are we going to see Raman, because they'll not tell you, they'll not say Raman is coming in June 2015 um, and then but, Ryan Portal will be like, yay I love Raman
2: <laughs> keep reading the bios,
1: yeah exactly, Yeah, and logistically that is impossible uh, so just insert any of them there, but Mike, uh, thanks for coming on and uh, look forward to doing this with you um, next month as well
2: no problem, love being here
1: Okay, uh, join us after the break, folks, and we'll have some more Master Universe Chronicles fun.
3: Greetings, everyone. This is your would be host, Netlex, back to compare Filmation and Mike Young Productions' take on the heroic spy and master of camouflage, Mossman. In the Filmation show, Mossman was voiced by studio head Lou Scheimer. As was usually the case, Filmation employed a slight audio effect to distinguish the voice. I thought I heard a bit of a country accent thrown in there, so maybe this is where MYP later got the idea, but more about that in a minute. Mossman only showed twice in the Filmation show, debuting in the episodes Here, There, Skeletors, Everywhere. In the plot, Old Boneface steals Man-at-Arms' duplicator machine, allowing him to create miniature clones of himself and overrun the Eternian Palace. Later on, Mossman's ability to tra- transform into, you guessed it, Moss, allows him to hide from danger, then alert He-Man. Earlier in the episode, Duncan had been caught off guard by this ability, but it proved indispensable in the end. Mossman's second and final filmation appearance was in the Ancient Mirror of Avatar. He accompanies Prince Adam and Malaktha, the world archaeologists, to Where Else? Avatar, which is supposed to have been the most powerful kingdom in the history of Eternia. At first, Mossman is met with a bit of contempt from Malacta, not only for his unusual appearance, but also for his tendency to shed moss over everything, in this case Malacta's hand. However, Mossman's unique powers, like his ability to communicate telepathically with moss, help save the day, thus earning him Malacta's respect. As always, Mossman proved to be a worthy member of the Masters of the Universe. Later in the Mike Young production show, Mossman debuted in the episode Orko's Garden, here, the floating jester mistakenly frees the villainous evil seed, bringing the green hero out of the forest to save the day. M.Y.P. would often employ Mossman in this respect, having him pop up at the last second to turn the tide against evil, as in later episodes The Last Stand and History. In the Mike Young show, Mossman's abilities seem unchanged from the filmation days, albeit better visualized. Also, as mentioned before, Mossman now sports a country accent, courtesy of voice actor John Payne, which is very fitting considering the leafy hero's agrarian nature. I enjoyed both the Filmation and Mike Young versions of Mossman. They portrayed him as a slightly mysterious yet trustworthy friend. But I'll give my nod to the Mike Young version just for that slick country accent. Well, that brings this segment to a close. Thanks again for tuning in to Masters of the Universe Chronicles and feel free to give me any feedback on the Pop Culture Network forums. So until next time, this is Netlex, wishing you all good journey.
4: What do
1: we have here?
0: It's Castle Grayskull.
1: And it's mine.
0: That's so fat, Beastman. He-Man!
1: You can pit He-Man against
0: Beastman playing for the power of Castle Grayskull. You have to put the castle together. Beastman's escaping. What's wrong, Dad? Dad, you saved the castle.
1: Castle Grayskull from the Masters of the Universe Collection. He-Man and Beastman each sold separately. From Mattel.
0: Are you a fan of Mattel's Masters of the Universe toy line? How about Princess of Power, New Adventures of He-Man, or 2000X Masters of the Universe? Hey guys, I'm Pixel Dan, and my new show, Power & Honor, the world of Masters of the Universe toys, takes a look at all of the above-mentioned lines. In every episode, I'll take a look at a different action figure, vehicle, or playset from the world of He-Man. It's a great place where you can reminisce about your favorite toys from the past or even learn some things that you may not have already known. A new episode airs bi-weekly on He-Man.org and PopCultureNetwork.com. Swing by and check it out. Good journey. Open the jaw, The powers of evil control Castle Grayskull. Oh, yeah, Dad, watch Ram-Man's power. I'll get us inside, here. Ram-Man, He man and Castle Grayskull, each sold separately. You have to put the castle together. Ram-Man, use your head. I just did. Not that way. We have a prisoner. Good. Who's the prisoner? You are, because we have the power. Oh, no. Ram-Man and He man from the Masters of the Universe Collection, each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from Mattel. You're listening to a podcast on popculturenetwork.com. Be sure to head on over to the site at www.popculturenetwork.com to check out more podcasts and videos featuring toys, comic books, video games, and all the things you love. And while you're there, be sure to check out the Pop Culture Network store, where everything you purchase helps to keep us producing. Just head over to popculturenetwork.com and click on store.
1: Hello welcome to another fun-packed edition of Master Universe Chronicles. This time we're going to be discussing uh, Filmation Series 1 Volume 2. But before I actually go into that, I'm joined by three people um, and uh, I'll just introduce them first of all. So returning to Master Universe Chronicles is Ryan Porter. Hello Ryan. Hello Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. And yourself, sir? Uh, so far, so good. So far, so good. It'll get worse, believe me. Um, if, if last time with Mike and Dylan's anything to go by, it'll get worse. But anyway. oh, we'll stay, we'll stay up <laughs> <for a second. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we'll be um, optimistic no. um, So, next up's Mike Leslie. Hello to you, Mike. Hello. How are you then, sir? And uh, I, I believe you had fun ordering your four subscriptions then?
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Empty pockets, empty pockets. <laughs> it'll be
4: worth it.
1: <laughs> and the other voice you hear is Dylan Cook. Hello, Dylan. I'm not waving to the monitor <laughs> for my lesson. How are hey, you, sir?
4: Nice. I'm I'm fantastic, thank
1: you. Okay, before we get on with this here, um, obviously there was another cartoon that kicked around in the 80s, same time near enough as Master Universe, which was Thundercats. I just wanted to get brief, um, just a little tidbits from yourself. Um, Ryan, first of all, did you watch Thundercats? And if so, did you enjoy it?
5: I did watch it, and it was amazing. Okay. That's all I can say, because once I get going, I'll never shut up. So I'm just going
4: to say it was amazing. <laughs> okay, Dylan? oh yeah I watched when the cats it rocked not as good as he was good Mike what about you yeah it was great I loved it
1: Okay, just wanted to get um, your thoughts on that there I pretty much agreed with you and uh, a certain little twist I'm not going to put any spoilers but a certain little twist that I didn't see coming which I thought was good so um, as we've said we're going to go through season 1 volume 2 um, all the guys have picked out their chosen episodes. Uh, first up is Mike with the Dragon's Gift. Uh, I'm going to read. If I can find, out, I'm going to read um, out the little thing from the pamphlet here. And uh, so, Skeletor infiltrates the royal palace and using the weird, the weird of crystal okay transforms man-at-arms into a crystalline statue uh, Taylor despairing at her father's plight joins He-Man as he journeys to castle Skull, seeking answer from the Sorceress unable to restore man-at-arms the Sorceress informs him that Granamere the oldest and wisest of the dragons and costs eighty dollars of dark smoke might know the answer after overcoming many obstacles He-Man and Taylor Arrive in dark smoke and discover that Grandmere will only help in exchange for a gift—a gift that he man cannot provide. So, Mike, uh, why did you particularly pick this episode?
2: Well, first, uh, it's a Grandmere episode, and obviously, uh, if anybody—if anybody's uh, has watched the Filmation cartoon, Grandmere is one of my favorite characters. I'm assuming it's one of the uh, one of everybody else's favorite characters as well. I think Filmation handles dragons really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the episode starts um, with basically with uh, with Randor asking where Prince Adam is, and uh, Man at Arms says that he's uh, he's been very busy lately with government problems. Which uh, Teela says, "I wouldn't call uh, Lady Amanda a government problem." <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Cl- Bill Clinton should have used that line. <laughs> Adam's Adam's a pimp in this episode. <laughs> Uh, this it doesn't really uh really please Randor that uh that Adam is not uh, neglecting his duties, so Randor kind of uh puts Adam in his place when he comes bumbling in with Cringer. Uh, he tells Adam, you know, Adam tries to explain where he was, and Randor uh basically chastises him and tells him, you know, save your story and take your place. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, then we see that uh, the ambassador of Theron has come to provide a gift for Randor. And uh, it ends up being a bust of Randor. As he, uh, as he's approaching Randor, both Man-at-Arms and He-Man realize that it's Skeletor in disguise. Uh, Man-at-Arms then uh, he intercepts Skeletor and takes the bust, which turns him into a crystal. And then Adam leaves change into He-Man. At which point, uh, Teela grabs a sword, and we get a, 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 a sword fight between Teela and Skeletor, which I think is... Uh, it's always nice when you see Skeletor interacting, you know, battling with someone other than He-Man.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: A little bit of a, a little bit of a twist. Uh, we have a little bit of a twist uh, then on the on the transformation scene, because uh, Cringer runs and uh, Cringer runs and hides, and then uh, during the uh, the transformation we get we get the ricochet off the wall that uh, that catches up with Battle Cat as he's trying to as he, with Cringer as he's trying to hide, and that turns him into Battle Cat. I like when they do that kind of thing where it's not always just the, uh, the straight-up transformation scene. Um, then uh, then Skeletor disappears, and we, we, have, uh, we have He-Man and Teela. Uh, they take Man-at-Arms to Castle Grayskull to see if the sorceress can, re- can reverse the spell. The, uh, the sorceress tells, her, uh, tells them that she doesn't have the magic to do that, that uh, she might know there's that somebody that can, and it, uh, that is Granamere. Teal is not real happy with, uh, with, you know, with the way the sorcerer is hand- handling it. She gets kind of snippy. You know, um, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I, don't, I, don't, I think my mom would have slapped me if I had spoken to her that <laughs> way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait,
1: did you have many people, like, turn into crystal whenever you were a kid, Mike? Just just, just wondering.
2: Oh, yeah, it happened all the time, all the time. <laughs> So uh, they ask where they can find Graniemir, uh, and the sorceress tells her that you know tells them that we you know she can't, she's made a pact with the dragons that uh, that she can't uh, she can't reveal the whereabouts to anybody. And if she re- if she broke the promise, uh, that the dragons would bring down all of their terrible fury down on Eternia. So then uh, what the sorceress tells them is you know where magic fails, human knowledge will succeed, and that'll start them on their journey. So they uh they go to they get transported to the uh to the Royal Library and He Man realizes that it's the books that'll tell them where they can find Granomere. Um they correlate the ice trolls with Granomere and realize that they uh they need to start their search in the Ice Mountains. Uh, when they go when they get to the Ice Mountains and they find Granomere, Granomere's not exactly uh too happy that uh that they've interrupted his uh his slumber, so to speak. <laughs> when um when they when they reach Granumir's pit and they and they ask him for his help, uh, this is this is the, the part of the episode that I, I really like is, is the Granumir parts because he has so many good quotes in in, in this episode. Uh, to me, well, you know at the, at the end of 2012 when we get the uh, when we get the Granimer figure, he, uh, I think he needs to come with a voice chip so that we so, <laughs> so that we so that we get these uh, so we get these quotes. Like, you know, for instance, he, uh, you know when he may ask for his help, Granumir says no that he's heard his name whispered in the winds of legend. And as He-Man tries to talk, he tells him, Silence. I did not say that I respected the name, only that I had heard it. <laughs> no other quotes. He-Man says, no, we don't want to fight you, but we will if we have to. And Granamere replies with, Granamere does not fight humans. Granamere wins. <laughs> so finally, you know, Granamere tells them that... Uh, know if he's to help them or if he's to even consider helping them that they'll need to provide him with a gift and that gift is that they need to go to the center of the forgotten forest and chop down the sky tree and bring it to him as a gift so he can watch it burn in his fire pit and then he'll even consider saving man-at-arms but if they fail to bring the gift then he will send them to the realm of demons so they go they go to the uh to the forgotten forest and they uh they find they find the sky tree and he-man reluctantly Decides that uh, that he's going to have to chop it down. Um, then, uh, when the, when the Sky Tree finds out, you know what exactly had taken place, he accepts that fate. Uh, he accepts that you know that if that if he if he needs to be chopped down and taken to Grandmere, then so be it. And at that point, you know he man comes to the heroic realization that that he he just can't do that. You know he can't he can't you know just, you. Know, he can't give. He can't take a life in order to save a life. So they go back to Grandemere, and they don't have the gift. And Grandemere is not happy. So, so uh, He Man says, "You know, if if you need to send us to the realm of demons, then then you then you need to do so." So Grandemere realizes that he has not just you know a regular human that he has dealt with in the past. He has a special, you know, a, a special human standing in front of him, and he decides that he that he that he will help and that uh that they will save men at arms so i think it's a, a pretty good a pretty good story of of sacrifice um explaining that you know you you know sometimes uh you you have to sacrifice for the uh, for the good of others which yeah. ends up you know which to me is truly the moral of this story
1: okay cool um ryan dylan do you have anything to add to what mike um was saying there
5: I guess I'll go first. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, again, the Grand Amir episodes, like Mike said, are fantastic, and I think that Filmation does a great job with their dragons, yeah. and that they're old and they're wise, and he's sitting in the middle of a treasure room, which is very uh, typical of, of fantasy and dragons and things like that, so the way they portray him is great, and he does have some fantastic lines. I think it's really nice, actually, that he's going to be read. Because this one's kind of loosely based off the mini-comic, where he was green. Mm -hmm. But I think, for all the flack that Filmation gets, especially from a certain contributor who's not with us today... um, (laughs) I wonder
1: who you mean, Ryan.
5: (laughs) I I can't remember his name. It's probably not worth
1: remembering. Unfortunately, um, all the pieces aren't covered in this episode, but anyway. No,
5: that's right. But um, I think this is one of the cases where Filmation did a better job. And the comic and telling the story granted the comic only had 14 pages to, to get the point across but I actually, I actually really like the, the filmation Dragon's Gift much much better than the, uh, the mini comic of Dragon's Gift so yeah this is, this is definitely a fantastic episode and if Mike hadn't picked it I'm sure the rest of us would have
4: okay Dylan you're going to hate me now uh... <laughs> <laughs> no no I, I actually really really do enjoy the episode I'm just not a fan of Granomir's design completely 'Cause he I love everything from his neck upwards is great and then he's just this dumpy dragon which I'm, I'm not too fond of. I quite like what was it? Um I just watched the other Granymere episode on the discs and there was shadowing and I much prefer his design but I can you know, I I can see what they were going what they were going for with it. But uh, yeah, no, it's so it's really good. I like I like the fact that Granimere that he's quite a grey area because He's, he, he shows jealousy towards the Sky Tree, and that he doesn't like something that's older than him. But yeah. he, he concedes because it's like the human has done something that's worthy, so he doesn't mind so much. It's it's nice.
1: Okay. Okay, uh, we'll move on to Dylan's pick. Uh, Dylan has decided to go for both parts of House of Shikori, so he's going to cover part one first of all. So I'll just refresh memories as to what happens in this. At Castle Greyskull, the Sorceress explains to He-Man that strange incidents have been occurring in the sands of time ever since a pyramid appeared one night and disappeared. After a brief battle at the fortress in the sands, the heroes encounter a villain named Lord Mask who escapes. Prince Adam approaches the royal archaeolo- archaeologist, Malaktha, uh, about finding the pyramid, and along with his apprentice, Stanlin, uh, they journey to the sands of time. Mask in disguise delays their expedition, throwing up new dangers. He-Man confronts masks, but not before the villain has summoned the House of Darkness. So, Dylan, shoot from the hip, sir. Why do you like this episode?
4: Um, I just love how creepy it is. and it, Without going into part two, which is creepier, but... Um, I'm a really big fan of the villain, Mask. Um, He he holds his own throughout the entire episode, he's almost, to me, he's almost on the same level as Skeletor, in that he doesn't do anything until he needs to, and he commands everything pretty much in that desert. And he's so tricky as well, you know, um, basically what happens is that they're trying to find it, and there's the temple, and there's no guides at all, and suddenly there's this creepy little Arab dude (laughs) <laughs> uh, tiny Miniature dude. Uh he says, oh I'll help you and you, they, they go along with it and they don't know it's actually Mask in disguise and he tricks them into going to different places and uh, he just he ruins their machinery he uh, gets liz- no, reptile men, as they call them in that to attack them um, and all, all the while he's just watching over and it isn't until the final moment that he fights back um, but what's interesting is it's not He-Man who defeats him it's Orko and it turns out that by Orko's bravery or stupidity, he rushes in and rips off Mask's mask, and that seems to destroy him. I'm not sure if he'll ever come, if he would ever come back, but it, he he just kind of disappears and shrivels and dies, much like Wicca Witch in the West. Um, <laughs> it's a bit of a comparison, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but I'm, I also quite like the fact that. We've got we've got someone new who's actually more of a threat because usually you do get a lot of Skeletor's goons who don't really do a lot. Although Trapjaw does appear in this, and it's nice to see him as a more mercenary rather than any allegiance to Skeletor whatsoever. Um, but they kind of part ways with him quite early on in the episode. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a really nice build-up because it you you get feeling that this whatever's in that temple is something that shouldn't be opened, but the other thing I love about it is it adds more to the history of Eternia as well, which I think is quite, co- I mean, it's just something I'm into. I love learning about backstories and things that happened, and uh, it's, it's just nice that they've got, like, the archaeologist sect of, of the Eternian Palace to study this kind of stuff. Uh, the only thing I could have done without it is the child. Yes, he just whines all the time
1: <laughs> but that's basically what the kids do in this you know if it's not like Pody from It's Not My Fault if it's not the other uh, wee kid from Double Edged Sword whose name escapes me uh, Chad um, with his Furby so he's a lot to answer for that kid uh, with that Furby name but um, before I move on Dylan um, obviously you've got three characters here you've got Mask you know like you see Shakuri's face and obviously we have malatha um, out of the three of them, obviously we've got Filmation rights, you know, what figure would you want the most?
4: Oh, I was, I was actually thinking about that while watching the episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not too bothered about Malacca unless they include something de- you know, decent with them, because that's the, some of the things with the Filmation characters. I what about the kid you know, with a
1: voice chip for you? Since you you her off.
4: <laughs> I'll burn <laughs> the <figure. laughs> um, But I, I think Shakoti is probably my number one out of her and Mask a mask I definitely want. And he's going to be really easy to make, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really easy. The only thing they really need to make is probably the mask itself, that head. Yeah, the whole yeah, the whole head piece. Yeah, but other than that, they've pretty much got him. Uh, Shakote as well, they've just got Evelyn's body, and they'll just stick another head with a perm on it, and a whip, uh, and use that cape that comes about on Evelyn. Done.
1: Okay. Uh, Ryan, obviously... Um this here um, is the only two-parter in the filmation thing. Um, Is it... Do you prefer this part, or um, will you probably chime in more whenever Dylan's talking about part two?
5: Well, I think there's a lot of setup in part one, so part two is probably the more exciting part, but there's a lot of of just pure straight-up fantasy in this first half, like with uh, Malakthai, am I saying his name right? Is that his name? Malakthai. M'laxa. Just the fact that they have to go to someone else who's an expert on this stuff, I kind of like that when they introduce those other characters who aren't complete waste of space, like his apprentice kind of is. But again, <laughs> but again, him having an apprentice is a very fantasy thing, and I do like uh, seeing Trabjow moonlighting. I know Dylan touched on that, but... Um, I guess Skeletor was taking the day off And Trapshot got bored I I don't know why But I like seeing seeing them branch out That's really cool And Mask is a fantastic villain As as we just touched on It wouldn't take much to get a figure out of him So I like Mask a lot Especially there was the one scene Where he's like I'll get you He-Man And like he's just saying it Like threateningly Not to He-Man He-Man doesn't know he's there but he's just like, I'll get you. One, you know, you messed with me, and watch. I can't remember exactly what he says, in <laughs> but uh, it's it's very menacing, and it's it's kind of just there, and you know, it's not confrontational at all. It's just kind of let you know this guy, this guy really means business. Until Orco
1: gets hold of him. Yeah, Uh, whenever Dylan said bravery, I was just like, no, he cannot say Orko and bravery, (laughs) they just don't go together at all, Orko and foolishness go together (laughs) Um, uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on uh, this episode?
2: Yeah, I like this episode, I obviously prefer the the second half of the episode to the first half, uh, because that's where all the the action is, uh, for the most part and and whatnot, but I do do like these episodes where Skeletor I mean, don't get me wrong, I I love all the uh, episodes with the evil warriors being the main villains but it's it's nice every once in a while to see a substantial villain that's not part of skeletor's crew you know be the uh be the main baddie in the uh in the episode yeah. so yeah I, I i like this episode a lot uh but like i said most most of the action really comes in in the second part here
1: yeah there is especially on this there is quite a few episodes where for we have people that don't really belong in skeletor's um you know Skeletor's army you know like you have pawns from the games master um, you also have eternal darkness you know dark dream which is a really cool villain Uh, one of the episodes Ryan will touch on later um, you know and obviously Count Marzo as well um, so and um, that kind of thing so uh, obviously uh, you know I think it was the second part was done first and then because it was like a lot of new animation they had to put into two parts, so that's why it's kind of the second part. I think has more um, grab about it than the first one. I'm not saying the first episode isn't great or anything, but as like Mike said, you know, it's the second episode is probably where a lot of the the coolness happens. And uh, I don't really remember watching it as a kid, but I think watching it as a kid probably would have freaked me out. But um, we'll move on to Ryan's uh first pick which is The Sleepers Awaken which always seems to be one that I watch quite a lot so um good pick Ryan. Um, while searching for winged horses Prince Adam and Tila discover a mysterious castle whose evil inhabitants Lord Tyran or however you pronounce it and Lady Valtira once resided over 200 years ago Lady valtira awakes inside the castle and notices that Lord Tyran has already awoken Searching for him, she encounters Adam and provokes a gaunt-looking stranger into an attack fueled by jealousy. He-Man and Lady Valterra escape into the castle, unaware that the stranger who attacked him is actually Lowell Turin, warped by the evil power that it consumed him over the years. Uh, if there's one thing I do not like about this episode, Ryan, which you'll probably touch on, is the little... Uh, do dude Drago, or whatever he's called, or Dra... Uh, whatever he's called? The little... Oh, uh, what is his name? Sago yeah, um, it's just like, uh, the noise of that just drives me nuts. I love Sago. That's, honestly, <laughs> I do.
5: Um, it's I guess it's the Disney fan in me. I got something for the little sidekick uh, sidekick characters. But, um, primarily why I picked this episode, I wanted to kind of stay off the beaten path. I knew like, obviously things like Dragon's Gift would be popular, uh, and deservedly so. But uh, Sleeper's Awaken, as Dylan touched on with House of Chakot, kind of expands the world of Eternia and shows kind of how big and and old it is And that there's this This castle with these This lord and lady who Terrorized their uh Their area Their village Whatever you want to call it So long ago And the design of the castle alone Is almost worth making it a pick It's, it's a very creepy Kind of place Not quite as House of chicote creepy But it looks like a giant Massive dragon Very Maleficent-esque actually And um One of the few things That bothers me about this a lot Is uh Lord Tyrion In his In his gaunt scary form looks a little too much like a Scooby-Doo villain.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> like he's trying to get those darn kids out of his mill or something. And,
1: and the actual picture in the brochure thing is actually him with his hand clenched as if to yes. go, damn you, pesky kid. He yeah, looks,
5: <laughs> looks just like a Scooby-Doo villain, which drives me nuts, unfortunately. Damn you for pointing that
1: out. I'll never be able to watch this episode <laughs> properly again. Well,
5: if, if you ever do, when the lightning strikes, it's really, really bad. It's just like, oh, man, where is, where is Scooby? <laughs> but um, I just, I, again, I really like the, anything that shows how old and, and massive Eternia really is. Even though it's apparently only a five-minute Wind Raider ride to Snake Mountain, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of things that have happened on Eternia over the years. I like the characters' designs on Tyrion and Valtira, and uh, you guys are going to crucify me for not remembering his name, but the, the guy who did the voice of Hordak does the voice of Lord Tyrion.
1: Um, George DiCenzo, if memory serves. Yes. Or, yeah, some, yeah. 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 Funny.
5: Yeah. That's it. Um, which is great. When you you would have figured it out anyway, but um, great great voice acting there. And um, I think the the switch that Lady Valtera has from being evil to going good is much more natural than most He Man episodes where it's very forced and by the numbers. And not to say this one isn't, but this because she sees how. Much more evil Tyrion has become, and what she could be capable of. The switch uh, back to being good works a lot better, in my opinion. So I think there's a lot of lot of lot of great things that maybe don't add up to a, a an instant classic, but there's a lot to like in this episode
1: one of the things I love about this episode is whenever He-Man's um, rescued the little dude um for Sago maybe, right. yeah Sago <laughs> for Valtero <laughs> and uh, he's standing on the tree and he goes what can he do for up there and then he he like uh, gets the part from the tree and then he falls I guess that's what he could do from up there for some reason that just cracks me up all the time yeah but yeah it is it is a very good episode and as you say you know like um, before I'll throw it over to Dylan Mike um like whenever she sees Adam, obviously Adam's um been on the horses and then has uh lost control and fallen off and um she puts him under his her spell and um he goes like you've I've made you my prisoner, but why? And he go he says, I could save I could save him, I could save him. Okay, you're free and then he kinda of just runs off. Yeah it's just just like, you know how rude. Um but uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on um, Ryan's pick of the Sleepers Awaken?
2: Yeah, the one, the one thing when, when watching this episode, uh, I, I, I had the question: is why doesn't the Lady Volterra recognize Lord Terran when he's in the uh, the, the Scooby-Doo villain uh, state? Uh, he's wearing the same outfit he was when they went to sleep, and nobody on attorney ever changes their clothes.
5: <laughs> and he told her that he was going to be awake before her. But, but whatever, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: so, if you're looking to set up a business, attorney and dry cleaners is probably the way to go. Then, um, yeah. So, I guess they didn't play, you know, Scooby Doo dress up whenever they were awake. You know, many, many hundreds of years ago.
2: <laughs> and, and the uh, the uh, the Tyrion's, uh, robot spider. You notice the, uh, the 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 webs they, they come out of his nose like he's blowing <laughs> snot on everybody. It's <laughs> like a, ooh. Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> so we've got uh, we've got spiders with snot coming out of them, and we've got skibidi. <laughs> could, could Get come out the other end; that'd be even worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dylan, do you have anything to uh, contribute to this mess?
4: Open this up, please. Not, not majorly. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I always I always watch that episode quite a lot. I really enjoy it. Um, I think the moral of the story is That good people are beautiful Because if you notice at the end As soon as Lady Valterra uh, turns good Suddenly she's much prettier another, so... another, Yet
5: another Disney connection
4: <laughs>
1: I thought it was like If a spider blue snot on you Then please wipe it off Or uh, you know What but... No, it's it's a good episode, so well picked there, Ryan. So we'll move on to mine now, which is double edged sword. Um, Man at Arms explains to King Randor and Prince Adam that their piece of Eternium, which was has powered the royal pa- palace for centuries, is almost used up. Uh, in the sands of time a young boy named Chad oh, and his grandfather discover a piece of Eternium and a pickup with Taylor is arranged. <laughs> it's like Taylor's UPS or something over in Eternium. <laughs> um, Merman and Trapjaw witness the Eternium moving across the sands of time and decide to take it for themselves. As the villains attack Chad they soon learn that his grandfather is not all... What he appears to be as Chad aims to learn his grandfather's past. Trap jaw powered by turnium jewels for man. Okay, so a couple of things to go over. First of all, I always love like the team ups. You know, if it's like Cobra Khan and Webster, or in this case, Trap and Merman. Um, the bit where for um, Trap Jaw's kind of winching Merman down to try and grab the turnium was just hilarious. And um, whenever he gets the par. Trap gets the power and he eats the turnium and um, he has like the wee the hand almost and whenever he grabs He-Man He-Man says don't get so grabby which is always quite funny um, but Matt at Arms builds loads of inventions, you know, whenever something, oh, I've made an invention, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, which is perfect for this, why didn't they have a piece of, a spare piece of Eternium thinking, oh, in case this one runs out, you know, like if they have a remote control for a TV, it must be, oh, the batteries have ran out, oh, well, batteries are like, we can't get them, we need to go and find them and put out search parties for them and things like that. Um, but the one thing that always, um, kind of surprises me is whenever um, He-Man goes into Castle Grey Skull with Furby and um, goes in to um, get him healed and comes out and Chad is with his grandfather and He-Man kind of comes out and looks at him as if to say, I'm sorry there wasn't anything we could do and then ah, here's Furby, <laughs> it's kind of, oh you're such a despicable hero but I kind of like you for that because the kid's kind of annoying um, but this is a time as well with the moral of the story, it was a kind of a case of you know, violence isn't fun um, you know, like, and then He-Man refers to him, himself as a TV show um, which was quite quite um, a very nice moral because obviously in the start of the filmation, um, Master of the Universe there was a lot of people saying that it was just violence and um, people writing books like that uh, Turmoil in the Toy Box and all that kind of stuff, um, kind of Blasphemy, I mean, um, Master Universe, which isn't right because if it if it's one thing it's not as violent. But um Ryan excuse me. Uh Ryan, what are you got choked up there? What are your thoughts on this episode, sir?
5: Um, I guess I don't have too many thoughts. Uh we're back in the sands of time again, which uh, is something we'll visit again later. So apparently uh we have run into an un, uneventful or or unpurposed theme here. But <laughs> um I think just kind of like you said just seeing the interaction kind of between the henchmen when they when they're without Skeletor on their own kind of the banter back and forth and the and the seaweed gag and stuff like that are kind of uh yeah. always always amusing to see. Okay.
1: Mike
2: I I like this episode. There's a there's a a couple of one-liners in 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 this episode like when uh Trap has Merman with the uh like the winch type attachment and uh and and it, and it snaps he goes. Oh, I guess that's why this is called the dropper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Acme!
2: <laughs> and uh, even Battlecat gets in on with Orko when uh, when uh, Chad the, the the kid tells Orko that he's a funny magician. Battlecat goes. Well, let's just say that he's funny. <laughs> not, not necessarily that he's a magician, but uh, no. and. and what, what I've never understood is, you know, after after Trapjaw takes the bite of the Eternium, he just tosses it away, and and, and it smashes on the ground. It, mm-hmm. Is you know, Aeternium's supposed to be you know the the strongest uh, thing on the Aeternia, But you know, if you drop it, it'll smash. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it must be it must be a disclaimer, you know, Eternium. You could build walls with. Don't drop it, however, otherwise it'll smash.
2: And and, and don't you think the Trapjaw, you know, he, he might want to save some of that for later. <laughs> well, uh, you've They're touched on right. the thing.
1: You've touched on the thing, though, that uh, trap jaw is uh, littering. So that's basically what you've touched on, Mike. That's the moral. <laughs> yeah, don't litter, folks. Don't. <laughs> Well,
5: for uh, something that's so rare and powerful on this planet, everyone seems to have a real disregard for it. Like he chomps and throws it <laughs> away. Man in arms doesn't pick up a spare. Like <laughs> it's the most rare and powerful thing we have on this planet. But uh, it's no big deal, really.
1: <laughs> Should we get another? No, it will be fine. Don't
5: worry. We've got one. Don't don't get greedy. That's the other morals.
1: <laughs>
2: they just leave it sitting on the wind raider. Nobody's holding on to it. It, it can just fly away at any time. The craft dog <laughs> comes and grabs it. <laughs> Uh,
1: Dylan,
4: what about you? I, I'm I'm not really fond of this episode. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why did I bring you on this show? I know, show? I know. But no, it just, it just feels like um, a Warner Brothers Wiley e. Coyote cartoon. You've got Merman and uh, Trapture acting as Wile E. Coyote with the dropper and calling up. A big sea serpenty thing and all that, and they never seem to get anywhere. They always get foiled every time. Um, and then you've got the granddad going, "Oh, fighting never solves anything," and yet the entire thing they fight and they solve it by fighting.
1: Okay, well, that's, that's your opinion and your oh. tip, it,
4: but it's wrong. So oh, uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> well,
1: you
4: have to agree that Wuzzle Reject is annoying, though. The what, sorry? The Wuzzle Reject. You know that flying? Oh yeah, yeah, Furby. Yeah, fish, mm-hmm. horrible thing. It should have died. Yeah. Ryan, did you like that?
5: Well, I'm sorry, he is an exception to my Q side. <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> I have a press re- release. I was trying to here. be nice by not mentioning it at all, but uh, <laughs> no. uh, Saga would kick his butt, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, we'll move on to Mike's pick, which is The Witch and the Warrior. Uh, Malak, the Wizard of Stone Mountain, is serving as guardian of the Fountain of Life at... Somewhere that I'm not going to pronounce because I'll say it wrong. Uh, Many attacks from Kothos lead Malak to ask for help from He-Man. Skeletor sends out Evil lyn and Clawful to claim the Phantom of Life. Uh, He-Man and Tila meet up with Malak and are attacked by Kothos. Kothos swipes uh, Evil Lin's power and transports her and Tila deep into the forest. No, the desert. God above <laughs> I, I are a good reader uh, whilst He man and his friends race after Kothos Tila and Evil then have to cooperate in order to survive the many dangers of the desert not the forest is, is uh, the desert the Sands of Time <laughs> Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should just kind of have like a sense of Time timeline. Just like, yeah, this happened here, and sort of this, and sort of this. Uh, I think yeah. this episode
5: is a sense of Time timeline.
1: Yeah, and isn't the one you picked? Yeah, the one you picked. My Sands second time pick well. is in the Sands of Time as well. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, okay. sorry.
1: Uh, uh, Mike, uh, what made you uh, pick this episode above all the other ones?
2: Um, I, I like this episode because it's a um, an episode that it, it involves He-Man, but it doesn't really involve He-Man. Um, you know, the, you have the I guess what's technically the outline of the main story with Kothos, who I don't really care for as a villain. I could have done without Kothos, um, but the, you know, the, the central story is you know the interaction between Evelyn and and Tila. and um, you know, Evelyn is this she's this strong strong female lead character. Um, you know, even at the beginning of this episode, she's standing up to Skeletor saying, you know, you know, you know what stops me from taking the fountain for myself? Um, you know, she's very strong, and when, uh, when Kothos takes her powers, she kind of doesn't really know what to do. Um, you know, she's put more in, in a more vulnerable state, and uh, she has to work with, with Tila, and, you know, neither one of them necessarily wants to work together, but they, they realize that they have to in order to get by and you know during you know during their journey, they they realize that they're you know that they're from they're from different opposite ends of the spectrum, but they're really not they're really not so different you know after all, you know even to the point where you know you know where they they think they actually you know are a pretty good team after after Evelyn you know Evelyn says you know you know basically I'm you know I'm I'm going to turn bad. you know after all this is all done and tila's telling her you know well i'm gonna have to stop you and you know Evelyn's like well you know it's really a shame because we really made a good team that's you know that that's the part of the story that that i like you know you you have the uh you know the 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 two hot chicks you know the evil hot chick and the good hot chick (laughs) and uh, and and they're 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 working together i like a lot you know like you before i I like a lot of the uh the team up episodes a lot of times you know you, you you get the uh the the villains that are teaming up against Skeletor. Uh you know, this time you have, you know you know, an, an evil character and a good character teaming up, which I, I thought was uh I thought was a pretty cool concept. I I, I like this one. I like this episode.
1: hmm Isn't this one as well whenever they have to get there and um I think it's Tila suggested they take off their you know, this is the first time we see evil in without oh, her headdress with, on. Yeah with,
2: with the white hair. They they took they yeah. take off the headdresses to uh to fool to fool the uh, the guards into thinking mm-hmm. that they're dead, and that's how they get into into Malak's uh, or not into Malak into uh, Kothas's temple, uh, right. and that's where Evelyn gets her gets her powers back. But yeah, it's cool to see her without the uh, without the headdress on and with the white hair, because that that freaked me out you know, when I was a uh, when I was a kid. See, was like she's old.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <You know? laughs> what, yeah, you know, white. You correlate white. The white hair with being old, so.
1: Yeah, a white hair and not a Scooby Doo villain is a more important thing. We have to. <laughs> it's very, very important. Thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Dylan, what are your thoughts on uh, Mike's choice?
4: Uh, I really enjoyed this episode, and I think a lot of the credit goes to Paul Dini because he just writes the best female characters. I mean, he went on after this to do like the Harley Quinn and um, Poison Ivy team up in the Batman cartoon. I mean. It, it's br- it was great to see them get along but they, they, they admitted they knew each other's strengths and each other's weaknesses I mean even Evil Lynn was willing to partner up with her later on and was quite upset to find out that maybe Tila wasn't <laughs> willing to do it but it, it was good that she, that she wasn't made to so black and white either she, even at the end after everything she didn't take the uh, fountain for herself, she didn't fight the bad guys, <clears throat> the good guys even, she just left in a, in a ball of fire, cackling admittedly but she, you know, she flew away, um, and I, I think it's it's nice to to focus on those two because they're quite a strong female, strong female characters, and I wish they'd done that in the two thousand X series because they yeah. seem to avoid having those two together really.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, uh, just
5: kind of like why Mike picked it. I like the the team up of uh, a member of each side, much less when it's you know strong female characters like Tila and <coughs> Evil Lynn. but you see us in in in. In like Star Trek a lot One of my favorite Sci-fi films of all time Is Enemy Mine So And seeing two <clears throat> Two opposing forces That are in a situation Where they have to rely On each other To survive Usually creates Like a great character Piece episode And this This one is no exception I just love the combination And Of the opposites Coming together So mm-hmm. Very Very good episode
1: yeah and unfortunately it's a character that we'll see obviously evil then turns him into a slug and i just like the way he talks and then obviously we see him um in a later episode but um we'll move on to dylan's pick which is house of Shikuli, part two uh so it reads the expedition party learns that a wicked sorceress shakodi is connected to the temple when they discover her image on the entrance late at night an impatient stanlin vows to see the temple and is pulled inside by evil magic an apparition of Shikodi appears beckoning stanlin to follow her uh, she explains that he will be present for the awakening of the sleeping beast meanwhile heman battlecat and Brahman battle the many nightmarish obstacles that Shikodi places before them Shikodi monsters finally capture the heroes as Stanlin flees with He-Man's sword of power. Stanle must overcome his fear and the power of Shikodi is the power of fear. So, uh, Dylan, um, what do you particularly like about the second part of the House of Shikodi?
4: Um, I really like how freaky it is. For a kid's cartoon, it's actually quite disturbing. Uh, I think that the Auditilia was ODing on HP Lovecraft at the time because you've got <laughs> those weird tentacled things with mouths and, and eyes but not in the right places and they just kind of ooze around people and it's it's just really unsettling. Um and the the end monsters just as freaky, it's kind of like a vegetable on steroids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I really and I love Shakoti. I think she's a brilliant villain. And it's nice to see again, nice to see a villain that isn't as bumbling as the, the others that seem to frequent uh, the, the He-Man filmation cartoon. I mean, even Skeletor, to a point, is quite a, a buffoon. But at least Shakoti, she's evil. She's willing to do whatever she wants. And it, it's pretty cool to watch. Um, and I really like her character design as well. I, I could have done without the kid again. But, I mean, he seemed to get, go from whiny to complete brat who you'd want to kick. <laughs> because he just goes, I want to go in, I want to go in. Shut up. You know, <laughs> But I, I did actually like the bit where Ram Man is trying to say Shikoti's name and keeps failing. Uh, Shabubi. Shabubi. The and then best. he goes, It's he's <laughs> you <know>, Really knocked <laughs> up of uh, Yeah, it's, I think it's a really good episode. Just really, it's, I just like the creepiness of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'd agree with you there. Obviously, whenever... Um, Whenever, um, he, uh, Stanley runs in and then has a sword and, um, goes like, She can't, afraid! You don't need a shot, <laughs> she's standing right in front of you! You know, turn the volume down. But, um, no, it is, it is, like, by far one of the creepiest episodes. I think this and probably, I think, Evil Seed, whenever I was a kid, mm-hmm. like the way he died and stuff, uh, kind of uh, freaked me out, but... Um, you know like a good choice for this this episode and of course done by Larry Dottilio so um, I think whenever obviously we're touching on the Wish and the Warrior uh, Paul Dini writing one of the best um, female driven stories Um, I think Larry Dottilio in filmation and in 2002 really could do no wrong so um, Mike what are your thoughts on House of Chakotay part 2
2: this this was an episode that actually you know it it really i remember it scaring me quite a lot when i was you know pretty young it's it's a very dark episode um in, instead of just being you know like the uh like like i said the, the the bumbling the bumbling uh bad guy you know she's more of an you know an actual an evil an evil an evil villain as opposed to you know just no oh, well i know i want to you know Conquer Eternia and you know take all the power for myself. You know she's more of a scary, freaky kind of villain. I I, I like that, and, and I like uh I I like the all, all the uh, the 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 mix of comedy in there with with Ram Man to kind of offset it a bit.
1: Okay, yeah, I think. I- I think it's nice that Rahman is more of the comedy relief in this than Orko, because him just getting Shakurie's name wrong was just hilarious, you know, mm-hmm. at the end he got it right, go, Oh, Shaboobie, <laughs> <laughs> Just the way he says, It's brilliant. Um Ryan, what about you, sir? I can't stand Raman. Oh, well, you, meant the, you meant the episode, I'm sorry.
5: <laughs> uh, that's that's a rant for another day.
1: Um, no, you, you have to. No, you have to finish it now. Once you said that, there's no there's no go no go back, things. I just I can't to... stand
5: him in the cartoon in this cartoon 2000x the toy. The, nothing. I can't. No, I can't deal with that guy. He's no, oh, he's
4: more tolerable in the 2000x cartoon. But so they seem he's... to have transplanted formation ram man into clawful in that one though.
5: Yes. Yeah. But he's still <laughs> the character. Still, just drives me nuts. Like I just don't. Uh, whatever, I don't just, I, can't even, I can't even I can't even put together a coherent sentence when I start thinking about Man. That's, what that's just to make, Oh, whatever so thick,
4: so it's annoyingly thick that's what he is
1: he, yes he is and now I'm, uh, some people thick. say I'm thick but I'm not I'm just
4: slow I'll just use my head <laughs>
5: yeah I've heard that joke in the last 8 episodes you were in um <laughs> <well>. <laughs> Um, it is a very creepy episode, despite Ram Man, and I I, I, I cracked a smile when he couldn't pronounce Shakodi. I'll admit it, but he's still worthless. Um, and and like kind of like Sleepers Awaken, it's 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 all nighttime. It's a mysterious castle that we've we've never experienced before, which adds to the the creepy factor, like. Snake Mountain is creepy, but we have a familiarity with it because we see it so much. But this is like an all-new place with an all-new villain, and it just really, really adds to the creepiness and makes it just an awesome episode. And with, with Mask dying in the first part, you kind of get that, like, Darth Maul, what-might-have-been kind of vibe. Like, if he was still around to help and play, like, First Lieutenant or whatever you want to call it, to Shikodi, and if the two of them had been there, like, how awesome would that have been? Mm-hmm. Um, is a definite, like, oh, man, it's too bad that Mass died, because I could totally see him, like, helping out Shakodi, and that would have made for a fantastic, maybe three-parter. But uh, I guess, you know, that's what dreams are made of. So, yeah, it's
1: good stuff. Sorry, I'm still <laughs> laughing at your disdain for Ramon. I can't stand him.
5: It's like, every time I look, it's like, where's Rayman going to be a figure? When's Rayman? Never. Hopefully never.
1: I actually I actually want Mekanek to be made before Ramon.
5: Actually I want next uncle to be made before Ram Man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll move on to uh, Ryan's pick, which is... Free Campo of <laughs> yeah Temple of the Sun and includes no round man so uh, a poor man named Nepthu, uh limps through the sands of time in search for the Temple of the Sun inside he claims the Scarab of Power a magical jewel the Scarab's power transforms Nephthu into a muscular dominating being Nephthu uses the Scarab to capture a falcon flying over the sands of time which just happens to be Zor the sorceress contacts Prince Adam through telepathy revealing her location um, it's like a modern-day sat-nav, almost. Um, the hero's journey to the sands of time and must not only rescue the sorceress, but also overcome the many obstacles that Nephthye unleashes upon them. So, Ryan, um, obviously, as we've touched on, another Sands of Time episode. So, um, is this the main reason you picked this, or is there a different reason behind it?
5: Well, there's a couple different reasons. Uh, perhaps, though, before I get into a variety of them, if for no other reason this this episode needs to be lauded and appraised much more than it is for Cringer actually talking his way out of becoming Battlecat. I think this is the only time in the entire series that He-Man turns to Battlecat with the sword or turns to Cringer rather with the sword and Cringer was like, "No, I don't know. Every time I turn into Battlecat, I get into trouble. I I'm going to come with you, but I'm going to come as Cringer." And I think that that's just phenomenal. Um and he becomes Battlecat later because he realizes he can't hang as Cringer. But um just a nice little character moment in the episode. The episode itself, like I talked about with uh, Sleeper's Awaken, kind of doesn't add up to being a phenomenal episode despite the strong elements in it. The whole, the theme of like absolute power corrupting absolutely, and um, is something we've seen in, in He-Man and, and various other genres and, and franchises before. But I like the, again, the fantasy elements. It's almost like a D&D campaign. He just keeps throwing stuff at him over and over and over again. Um, I like that he inadvertently captures Zor, and it kind of, again, makes me wish and wonder what would have happened if he hadn't zapped down Zor. Like, how big and powerful would his empire with this the power of the Scarab have become? And, uh, again, my mind tends to wander what might have been when I watch these episodes. But uh, a lot of it's just the character interaction, especially at the very beginning when he, they're talking about the sorceress. And Orko's like, yeah, I've been meaning to talk about magic with her Because there's all these great things I want to show her And Kringer just starts cracking up And Matt-at-arms actually has <laughs> to tell him to be quiet So I think it's, again, like the plot is not the, the most ingenious of all time But the, the interaction between the characters and, and uh, the, the themes used are make it, make it a really fun
1: episode, in my opinion Yeah um, I do like. Um, isn't that the end? Wherever um, obviously the scarab's been destroyed, and they kind of put it on like um, like a wee fountain, and he's arranging like the flowers like at the end. Yes, that's, yes. Uh,
5: and that's that's another thing that drives me nuts. He man is so reckless to break the scarab. He has no <laughs> idea what's going to happen. Like, is 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 going to stay powerful? Is Zor going to stay a diamond? Like, he how does he know that by smashing it, he's going to make everything better? He's very reckless.
4: <laughs> Yeah, what, what, gets, what gets me with it is that, you know, the says, oh, yeah, I put him to work planting a garden. I think she lobotomized him. Look how happy he looks at the end of that episode. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> She's like, I'm planting flowers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe it's Ramon's cousin, who knows? <laughs> Ten times smarter, I promise.
4: <laughs> um, Dylan, do you have anything else, Dad? Um... I, I, I like it. I really do enjoy it. I like the Egyptian stuff. I just think Netthu quite ineffectual. I mean, all he seems to do is, like, today I've created a sand monster, and now I've hardened it, and it's a little bit better. And that's kind <laughs> of his range. He doesn't want to do much more. I just, and I, now my Falcon is Diamond Falcon, and it's much more shiny. And that's
5: <laughs> got- I, I understand, but in, it, to me, that's kind of just his inexperience. I mean, he was basically a, l- oh, a little, on. a little, a little beggar before that, and now all of a sudden, I,
1: I have done two things today. I am a king. <laughs> just,
4: like, yeah, I understand he's a beggar, but come on, have some scope. Just making he's... you, <laughs> you, you are my general because you are the first time Now, now you are the general because you are now harder than the other generals. <laughs> <laughs> oh. man! <laughs> uh, uh,
1: yeah, Mike, follow that. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: Well, it's a, it's another Sands of Time episode. Uh, at, at least with this this time, with this with the Sands of Time, it it, it makes sense. We have more of an Egyptian uh, feel to it. Uh, you know, I, I I like those kind of things, like you know the the mummy movies and and, and stuff like that that have to deal with uh, all the Egyptian uh, lore and things like that. So I thought that was pretty cool about about this episode. I like I, I like it when the sorceress is, is involved uh, more in the episodes you know, you got this one with uh, a lot of Zor and, uh, and and the Sorceress and it kind of centers around that. Um, it, it's a good episode, I like this episode.
1: Okay, uh, okay. we'll move on to my last pick which is called The Mystery of Many Faces. So, uh, I don't know what this is about, so I'll read it. Uh, getting ready for a celebration, Prince, Adam, Orko and Cringer run into many faces. Man-at-arms has never met him, so Adam tells him the story of how they became to know many faces. Manifaces has terrorized the witches and invaded their fortress, alerting both the heroes and villains of his appearance. Captured by Skeletor, Manifaces had to make the choice between serving good or serving evil. Time was running out for him as the villains prepared to attack Castle Greyskull. Um obviously um, this is whenever we see um, the debut of course there's only two episodes which featured many faces which is this in Shadow of Skeletor um, so I, t- I just like the fact that um, Adam says you know like oh man at arms this is many faces um, and uh, you didn't meet him blah 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 and uh, Adam says yes yeah you didn't meet him that's right uh, uh, yeah it was pretty pretty amazing the North Coast. Uh, yeah something I'll never forget so they sit down and tell them the whole story how they miss people like chanting and cheering and stuff in a room that's not that far away from them is beyond me um, but I do like the fact that um, you see him being almost like poached by both sides you know like he's um, with Skeletor first of all and the root of all the problem is like whenever the widgets start laughing he says don't laugh at me so whether it's the case of he's not being taken seriously and because he can turn his head three times it's more like he's a comedy actor than he is anything else um and uh, then we see obviously Skeletor um... takes him on top of um... into his uh, ship and kind of says that you'll serve me and Beastman um, uses his whip and uh, is under his control very much like we see uh, in the Monster Within in the 2002 show which is a great hark back to the story um, but obviously the one thing I don't like about this is how they came up with the name we got like yeah we're gonna have to think of a name for your many talents yeah many faces like oh Orko just stop <laughs> talking please um but I just like the fact that, you know, it's a case of he's not as bad as he seems and um, again, trying to get into Castle skull with just a hook and a rope seems to do the trick, it worked in the first episode and it's near working here, so it's not all the other things, just keep trying that way and maybe I'll get through, who knows. Um, so, Ryan, what are your thoughts on my pick of the Mystery of Many Faces?
5: Uh, well, I know you're a big fan of this episode and Many Faces in particular... So you mm-hmm. probably won't disagree with me too much when I say that this uh, is just a terrible story for Manny Faces, and a, just a gross misrepresentation of what the character is capable of.
1: Are you getting Manny Faces <laughs> uh, mixed up with Rahman?
5: No, not at all. He's a great character, he's just horribly underused in the Filmation series.
1: Oh yes, totally. Um,
5: okay. Um, the widgets make it hard for me to take this episode seriously. They again do not fall into the category of uh, cute but annoying, and um, it's not uh, it's not one of my favorites.
1: Okay, Mike, what about you? <laughs> the,
2: the, the, the the widgets kind of freak me out. That's that's why I'm not. Uh, that's why I don't have a problem with uh, many faces bullying them around. <laughs> Basically, uh, <laughs> I don't feel sorry for them at all. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, they, they always remind me of something like the wee people from the Moomins. They always remind me of. They're creepy.
2: They should have been in the House of Cody.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Eating them up first.
2: <laughs> but I, 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 you know, one of my favorite things in uh, in Masters of the Universe is uh, when Beast Man can control Manny Faces in the uh, in the monster form. So uh, you know, seeing that in this episode, I, that that's one of the things I I, I like. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good introduction to to Faces. I, I like faces. He's uh he's one of my favourite characters.
1: Cool. Uh, you're not dead to me, Mike Ryan is. <laughs> um, I didn't say. <laughs> <never> mind. <laughs> <laughs> you, you shut up, Raman Lover. Um, <laughs> d-
4: <gasps> <laughs> Dylan, what about you, sir? I'm also dead to you, sir. <laughs> I'm not a fan of this, but not because of Faces. It's the widgets. It's horrible. I think he should have obliterated the village and I would have been happy because they would never have appeared again because they keep coming back like a virus. Like horrible, horrible things.
5: I'll take verbal over widgets.
4: No that, no, that small fat woman one's just so shrill and you just want to <laughs> shove her in a pit somewhere. But, yeah, <laughs> I think that I, I prefer the, the 2000X version, you know, the, like the Harkin Back. I prefer that one.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, before we round up, I'm going to spring something on you. Yeah, obviously, we've chosen. Two episodes. Um, I'll start with Ryan. Um, if there was one other episode that you could pick from the list, sir, uh, what would it be and why? Oh, that's a really good
5: question. And yeah, you did spring this on me. Um, yes, I did. I would probably go with Pawns of the Game Master. Um, I remember liking it. I didn't rewatch it before this discussion because nobody picked it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like the the character of the Game Master and the whole. Well, the, the title says it all—the pawns of the game master—and um, wow, uh, the, the gladiatorial aspect of it, them being forced to fight and things like that—is just again a very popular convention. But it, it works—it works well here. I can't speak on it because I've watched it in a while, really. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> uh, Dylan, what about you?
4: Um, I'm trying to remember its name now. It's the one where Granomir's nephew wants to marry a human.
5: Granumir. Re-
1: Turns, yeah, Return yeah, of
4: Return of, of, of okay. Yeah, I just like how odd it <laughs> and is. And Mike's
1: going, no, I was going to choose that one.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I just like how weird it is. Um, the whole bestiality thing going on with it. It's, very, <laughs> it's just very strange. You know, it's like, I want to marry a human, says this camp dragon thing. And then it's like... I, I don't know, it's just odd, but I kind of find myself watching it just because it's so weird. <laughs> Uh, Mike.
2: I probably would have picked the uh, the region of ice, just because oh, I, I. Damn you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I I like the fact that 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 Orko has to pretend that that he's He-Man in order to uh, in order to save the day, uh, and that uh, he he needs to have you know you know in in an act of good faith he needs one other person freed, and just so happens to be that you know he he picks Prince Adam so that the real He-Man can come save the day, and Orko can take all the credit at the end.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just like uh, um, you know like I'm only your assistant after all <laughs> yeah I, I was going to pick that one because it's just so humorous but the one I would pick then would be The Once and Future Duke um, just because we see the debut of Count Marzo in his Eddie Monster get up and not his class 2000X stuff but uh, that's basically it for the filmation discussion so I'll go through you all here and just if you have something to promote go on ahead and do so so Ryan thanks for bouncing on Master Universe Chronicles, it's always fun to have you on, and I should do it more regularly, uh, which I hopefully plan to do, so feel free to promote all the goodness um, that you do on Pop Culture Network, sir.
5: Yeah, well, like, like you said, I am a fellow contributor on uh, Pop Culture Network, I'm usually hanging around doing the comics thing, um, either on my own in the Comics Corner, where I review the Week in Comics, or teaming up with Rob Bates for Comic Nation TV, which... We're currently celebrating the summer of Captain America, because it's Rob's favorite character, and he told me to. So, um, <laughs> yeah, any and all things comics, i am usually got my finger in it somehow over at Pop Culture Network. So, come check it out, and actually, uh, maybe somebody will start reading my stuff. Had to get that complaint in there, sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is something that goes back a while. So, it's not me taking a job at Ryan, this is something it's Ryan you, said us. You so. pointing out the obvious, that's all it is. <laughs> no, you pointed out the obvious. Not me. I'm just merely just sticking my finger in the pot and stirring. It's it. it's become awesome. my stick
5: at this point. I can't not
1: complain about it. So sorry. Somebody else needs to talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Mike. I'll thank you for coming on the show. I don't know if you have anything to promote, sir. So if you have any words of wisdom, uh, just f- feel free to fire them out there.
2: Uh, no, I just I think you do a great job with this show. Um, you do all, you know a great job with the other show Operation Retro uh, Shock and WrestleShock Shock and all the other shows on, on Pop Culture Network. If figures that new toy smell, uh, you know Radical Retro Total Toy Talk. They're they're all really good shows. And if people you know if, if people would uh, you know buy from the PCN store and and support the show, we can get more uh, more content like this, and, and everybody can enjoy it
5: how 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 big is that check that Killing gave you
1: <laughs> <laughs> bigger than ours Ryan bigger okay, than right. ours wow
5: that's awesome no that's awesome Mike but that's just uh, wow alright
1: <laughs> and I did not ask Mike to say that before we came on air <laughs> I'm making that crystal so clear So you we like we... Mike yeah so thanks Mike um, and All last not bye <laughs> yeah go Dylan uh, you promote
4: some stuff go Okay then, Um, (laughs) (laughs) as usual, as I always say, if you want to talk about Master of the Universe, New Adventures, all that kind of stuff, uh, come to www.facebook.com forward slash M-O-T-U-C and say what you like, just don't yell at me for being Toy Guru because I'm not.
1: Okay, so thanks to Dylan, Mike and Ryan for coming on and talk about Filmation Season 1, Volume 2. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it and head over to Pop Culture Network forums and why not post your favourite episode um, wherever this goes out. So thank you very much for listening and until next time. Let
4: the power return!
2: Let the power return!